I'm a gun with the four of the Gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyer, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? just worried about you know listening to you know all, all your guys rap poison welcome to sideline judgment here are your hosts sergio and tyler welcome to sideline judgment my name is sergio my name is tyler and we are brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. As always, I say as always, like we've had this sponsor for all six years, but or I'm sorry, not sponsor. We've had this uh, podcast network partnership. Partnership. Like, thank you for the word I was looking for. Um, but I say it with conviction because I'm very happy of it. I'm very proud of it. So glad to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network, as I know you are, Tyler. Yeah. Oh, you know it. You know, oh, I'm yeah. very appreciative. This is a. Uh, yeah, I love how you said always like this is not our second episode with the with this um, exactly. new label. Exactly. Um, it is also our first well, episode of the year. So happy new year, Tyler. Happy New Year to you as well. And uh happy new year to all of our lovely listeners, old and new. We would thank you so much for being on this journey with us again. We will be talking about bowl season in this episode. We will be recapping what happened in two I, I want to say the best pair of semifinal games that we've had right yeah yeah oh for sure because even like like to me the best playoff semifinal game is still that like my you could argue it's still that rose bowl the thing is that like Mm -hmm. it doesn't hold up because the next game was kind of a clunker uh this Mm -hmm. was the best day of playoff semifinals like both games were incredible yes completely agree I, i still believe that the the Oklahoma Georgia overtime Rose Bowl game was the best playoff game, full stop. But yeah, this is the best pair, as we were saying. We will talk about those. We will preview the Natty. Um, we're very happy that one team is in the Natty. We as Florida fans are not happy about the other one. But don't worry, we will check our Gator hat at the door. We will give some great analysis. Don't you worry about that. Um, and then we are going to just go game by game of each bowl game. We are not going to spend even 30 seconds on each bowl game. Uh, some were duds. A lot of them were duds this season. Not gonna lie. Um, yeah, let's be but we real. We will go through here, each one. This, let's be real honest here. This was a. This was a. This bowl season left a lot to be desired for the most part. Just gonna be honest. The, the playoff games really made up for a lot. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Playoff yeah. games made up for a lot. Uh, but we will go through every single bowl game, if briefly on some, a little bit more on others, uh, and then next week we'll be back with a recap of the Natty because it's on Monday. You're getting this episode on Friday, a few days before that. So very excited for that. Tyler, unfortunately, we will begin. Um, we want to give out our best wishes um, to the Bills cornerback, who's – I'm so sorry the name is escaping me here. If you want to help me out, DeMar Tyler. DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin, yes. Um, yes. As everyone knows in the sports world, Monday Night Football um, game was stopped after the you know the in- injury situation, medical – thing that happened with him um latest updates as of recording on thursday afternoon when we're recording is that he is in a better position he's improving every day which is all you can ask for at this moment 
Um, and we just, we just hope that he can live 24 years old, younger than both of us. So you can, yeah. um, you know, we, we hope that he makes a full recovery and just lives a healthy life, you know, regardless of sport, regardless of anything else. We just want him to live a healthy, healthy life. So our best wishes go out to him. We would be remiss to not um, at least mention him on this episode, um, even though it's not a college football thing. I think it's a human thing. And I think, um, yeah, so our best yep. wishes to him for sure. Tyler, we will begin our coverage of the playoffs with the Peach Bowl that happened in Atlanta, Georgia, New Year's Eve, Georgia 42, Ohio State 41 in an instant classic in an incredible game. Um, what were your do you want to start at the end with the field goal? Do you want to where do you want to where do you want, uh, how do you want to tackle this one? I want to talk about I'll let, let, I have. Well, we'll start with a field goal. It wasn't nearly as magical for me living on the West Coast as it was for everybody on the East Coast because it didn't hit at the ball drop. Um, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, so for those know, the kick, the final kick as time expired, was lined up and booted, booted about the moment the ball dropped for New Year's Eve on the East Coast. It was nine o'clock p.m. on the West Coast. Me and my girlfriend had not left to go to our New Year's party um, that we were going to. Uh, which she made fun of me because I was watching this on my phone and my heart was beating out out of my chest. And, mm-hmm. and she was just like, you are getting really into this. I'm like, I'm sorry. Okay. It's, um, but <laughs> so not as magical, really unfortunate situation. Although to be completely honest, it was, it was a long shot. He was going to make that kick. Um, in that. So just the, I don't want to say it was a distance. long shot. Well, I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, just the distance I think was pretty, would have been pretty tough. Like, it was 50 on the dot. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. It was 50. Now I, I know that, you know, Herb street was in the broadcast and many people after the fact were saying, you know, he's really good from 49 in it's his career long. He's never had a 50 yarder plus more, but his career long was 49. And it was a 50 yarder. It was a single yard more. And the kick had the distance. He just hooked it. He just, he just, he shaked it, man. Um, it was a duck. And that's unfortunate. It was, it's unfortunate. It was bad. It was bad. Mm-hmm. And, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it, it was but, rough. Um, that's you know that's just the way it's way it goes, and you know I don't feel bad. I mean, I wouldn't feel bad. It's just it's like we talk about with officiating, and officiating I think was was rough that day for both games for a couple things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like officiating the same thing with kickers is like if you don't want to be in a situation where um, you have to go drive down the field and kick. You rely on your kicker to win you the game. Maybe don't fall down when you're covering a Georgia wide receiver on the last minute. Stetson Bennett just throws a touchdown to somebody who's wide open, um, which is actually a good transition. I want to give Stetson Bennett props. We have, yeah, we have, we have to, him we a have lot, to, and we got it. And uh, flo- leaving the Florida fan cap at the door. Um, hit at the end of this, um, of his, if he wins this next game. Timothy Chevrolet's like um, college football story could be incredible. I did call him Timothy Chevrolet. Um, I he, I he looks like Timothy. Timothy please Chalamet. tell me that was a Timothy Chalamet. Yes. Okay. Oh, absolutely. And Chevrolet he looks because just like him. <laughs> well, okay. So we have we have Timoth we have Timothy Chevrolet and we have um, Bennett's BMWs. So we need to decide: is he selling imported vehicles or domestic vehicles? I need to know what this dealership will be. <laughs> 
I used to think domestic, but man, if he gets to, I mean, he could sell anything now. Like he, he, he's about to, he might win two back-to-back national championships and have no NFL future, even in sight. Additionally, he was a walk-on left to go to junior college, then came back. Like, Sessa Bennett might, and it's all said done, have one of the best stories in college football ever. And yeah, and on top of that, he played, well, uh, well, he listen, played well. If they win on if they win on Monday, is there really an argument that he's not the most successful quarterback in Georgia history? Oh, Georgia history is already owns, there, in my he, opinion. Like over guys like over guys like Matt Stafford, in terms of like, yeah, does Matt Stafford have a national championship? Does Matt Stafford have an SEC championship? I am very pleased to inform you that no, he does not have either of those things. Yeah. Very pleased to inform Super Bowl, you of that. And we and and as an LA as a person who lives in LA, we are appreciative of that. But no, like, we are I'm sorry. A pre- get out of here. I'm sorry. You I'm sorry. Do the city that you live in. Have a- no, 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 you know what? No, you don't get to say no, that to me. You don't get to say that to me. No, like. <laughs> As the resident Jaguars yeah. fan of this podcast, oh no! Stop, stop! Where's your Gardner Minshew jersey? Do do you still have your Gardner Minshew the, the second jersey? Oh wait, no, I do. Um, um. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, anyway, my point. The point is, dude, I think Stetson Bennett's already there. He can cement that. Um. He, but you he know, can. He, he, can. he struggled. He struggled early, but Georgia, for all the credit, I think one of the most. One of the key things uh, that Kirby Smart did in the last couple of years is hiring Todd Munkin to be his offensive coordinator. That has really worked out for them. They've continued to be balanced. Their their offensive struggles are mostly due to the fact that Stetson Bennett isn't that special of a player in that he cannot operate the way C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young can. But he plays within the system. He played really well down the stretch. And things. he's not a draft prospect, but he's a gamer. And... He, he, he is. when the moments were down, he won them the game and also their talent won them the game. And I have to give a lot of credit to that. And I mean, honestly, I'm kind of rambling here, but like the, the moment I think that changed the game was the timeout to stop the fake, uh, the fake punt. Yes. Cause it was going to work. Yeah. The fake punt it was, was going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, that they got the timeout. The, right it, the timeout was so late that you could see the play happening and you went, Oh, that's gonna. And then you, the you know players kind of stopped and stuff, but yeah. it was working and who knows they keep, they keep yeah. that drive going. They maybe score again, all the momentum in the world. And yeah, transitioning though, on the subject of quarterbacks, uh, CJ Stroud read the draft reports. He read he the did. draft reports. He, he, he knew he what did. they wanted he said, him to do. Will Levis over it. me. Will Levis over me. <laughs> yeah which is to me the stupidest thing in the world but um we do this every year yeah. uh this is zach this wilson is taught, sam zach Howell wilson over... taught everyone nothing zach wilson taught you yeah. people nothing um and before that anyway. this was this was sam howell being taken over people like well i don't even want to say patrick mahomes because patrick mahomes wasn't this like oh my god sure you mean, fire, you but mean mitch like, trubisky but mitch trubisky i'm so sorry yes over redacted yes that's who i meant Yes, in which, the moment. Yeah, yeah. Even at the time, still was stupid, and it actually is still stupid. Um, yes. anyway, it is still uh, stupid. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State came out. They played a hell of a game. This was just an incredible atmosphere. Um, and you know, Georgia snuck it out at the end. And I mean, there's no, I don't really know if there's much to say. Ohio State kind of proved that they did belong there and proved that they had that ceiling. But I think I mm-hmm. think those two key moments. That timeout is one of them. But reality is, Marvin Harrison 
Jr. not being able to play um, for like in half the fourth. game. Yeah. In the fourth quarter. Well, he, he, he was he, he, he came out towards the end of the third. So it was the fourth yeah. quarter, really, that kind of solidified it. But, you know, he's capital Mark, H him. Capital that, H him. C.S. Stroud got into field goal range in that final drive without Marvin Harrison Jr. Could you imagine what he did with him, what he could have done with him. And, like, so much of the thing is that Ohio State's receiving core is so good, they don't have necessarily the NFL talent that the last couple of years did. or they're, um, But they're so good that it's one of those things where Georgia's shadowing Marvin Harrison Jr. was allowing these other really talented receivers to get open and C.J. Stroud to hit them. And without Marvin Harrison Jr., that kind of disappeared. They were still able to move the ball, but if Marvin Harrison Jr. had been in there, and you know, in that in that last second drive, they're they're covering him, could have gotten a little closer. Maybe wouldn't shoot that field goal. Maybe you get a touchdown. You don't know. That's a world of what ifs. But this was, I mean, I've said a lot, but there's not really much else to say about this game. It was a great game uh, that Georgia snuck out at the end, and whatever team was going to win it deserved to win it. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you got anything you want to say. Um, I, I want to give credit to Ryan Day uh, and to Ohio State because listen, listen, as much as we're talking about how Georgia erased was it a fifteen point deficit? Um, yeah, something like early that. in the fourth, like some crazy, something, something impressive, something impressive. I want to give credit to Ryan Day because this is now the second season in a row where he has shown up to a playoff semifinal with a completely different look offensively with a completely different scheme and something that wasn't like, Oh, we're just going to change things to change things. No, he went out and he exploited, he, he exploited his own players, best attributes. And he also at the same time exploited the deficiencies in Georgia's defense. And what I mean by that is he decided to finally run CJ Stroud. We know we have known that he is a dual threat quarterback. We've known how good he is. And we hadn't really seen him run with the ball as much. And granted, he didn't like light up for 130 yards or something like that. But just the fact that the Georgia defense had to account for him finally running the ball opened up so many things. Marvin Harrison Jr. was used perfectly through the in the times that he was in there in the game, right? So it's one of those things where you have to give credit to him. And I think that the – we say this all the time, fan is short for fanatic. I think that the things that this Ohio State fan base has kind of brought into their own heads – I, I just I don't think that it's there's there isn't a better option out there like if it's okay to have the expectations to be in these situations every year that's fine you're Ohio State you got a great brand you got a great got great money great players you're you're on the level of Alabama and Georgia in terms of the recruiting apparatus no questions there no no debates there but they're clearly behind those programs in terms of results on the field consistently and that's okay I just don't see anybody else that could come in and be like oh yeah that's the person we need to get over the hump let's focus on you know cleaning up in-house yeah. you know improving and, and i think ryan day is the guy to do that you have a guy in your biggest rival jim harbaugh who took five six years to get it truly clicking at that top 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 level and look he's beaten you two years in a row both on the road and at home he's made two straight playoffs he's won two straight big 10 title games compete this is what we want you know don't don't oh we need a new coach and this and that we're click we're quick as fans to like pull the trigger on that's it done it's over fire this person it's us talking to the people going oh my god billy's horrible this is like whatever it's like we got to realize that it takes time these are programs this is not a one quick fix just because we can have we have the whole world at our fingertips and twitter refreshes every five minutes and the news cycle is so much shorter nowadays doesn't mean that everything has to be that quickly 
patience, yeah. better attention span, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So credit to Ryan Day for the preparation and yeah. the scheming and stuff. Georgia just did a really good job in the second half. And granted, without Marvin Harrison Jr., you could tell that it was really affecting um, affecting them in that fourth quarter. Like you said, if they had Marvin Harrison Jr. on that last drive, even if he, they don't throw him the ball, Georgia has to cover him. They have to put a safety to help. They, it opens up other other parts of the field for them too if they want, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, this is now twice that Ryan Day has come into a playoff game, and you kind of mentioned this, and has really put out a coaching clinic. that Because the whole thing with Ryan Day that we've had is that, like, Ryan Day has been good, and let's be honest, he's taken over an amazing situation that Urban Meyer left him. Um, and it was mm-hmm. a situation where you hadn't yet seen Ryan Day be a plus one to his team super much. Like, and this is the problem. Ohio State is so good compared to the rest of the Big Ten that you don't really mm-hmm. have a lot of challenges. And then Michigan provides you the first real challenge that you're facing, and you're losing those. Um, and so it's like, is Ryan Day really getting this team up? And you go to these playoff games that won against Clemson that get them to the national championship. This one that they could have won just as easily. You see like, oh, with a month to prepare – Ryan Day does provide you an advantage. He is a good coach. Now, should he act mm-hmm. like he has a month to prepare for the Michigan game? Yeah, probably. Uh, but um, that's neither here nor there. It's just Ohio State's up there, you know, and they've got the NFL talent. And I, we, we said for a long time that if there was a team that was going to give Georgia its best shot, um, this was probably that team. And they came up short, and that's okay. Um, well, it, technically, they came up wide to the left, but. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I do feel vindicated in my preseason. Ohio State's the best team. They're winning the national championship pick because for two and a half quarters there, I was right. Yeah, it was in there. Because usually when you it was when there. wrong you, about these like, things, usually when we're wrong about these things, it just wasn't there. And I'm like, no, it was there. It was in there. Like, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's why you play and the you game. You can see like – I finally was like, thank you. Like they were so inconsistent throughout the season with playing to the level of their opponents. Finally, they were like, okay, yes, this is putting it all together. George is just really good. And yeah. Kirby Smart's a great coach and they got a great staff and credit to them. Hats off to um, hats off to them. So yeah. um, last thing I want to say. So this game, right? I, I didn't watch these games live. I was at a wedding. You, Tyler, were so nice enough to give me updates as we were going along. I finally got to the after party wedding was at two o'clock reception ended at 10 PM. And that's because they put us all on the bus and they bust us to downtown Charleston. They had rented out a uh, rooftop bar and that's where we like rang in the new year with all those people. Awesome. Great. So I finally, I got to watch the fourth quarter. Um, so I watched the fourth quarter live and like you said, to bring it full circle, the ball dropping at midnight, whatever, you know, three, two, one, happy new year. I'm standing next to Alexa. I turn to Alexa. I give her a kiss. We embrace. I pull away and I didn't see the kick. You know, oh, in that moment, oh, I was oh, like, oh. I did not see the kick. In the moment, I was like, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. It's New Year's. I'm with my girlfriend. We don't get this one on one time a lot. Take advantage. It was nice. We had a little moment. I pull away and Alexa goes from looking at me in the eyes and smiling and looking to the television. Her mouth drops and she goes, Oh my God, he missed the kick. And I didn't even turn around. You know why? You know why I didn't you know why I didn't turn around, Tyler? Because I was in Charleston, South Carolina. So I didn't need to turn around to be like, oh, you haha, very funny. I could hear the Georgia fans going, yo, 
oh, oh, my God. And my heart sank. And I said, this is in a sports world because a great way to ring in the new year is with your loved one and your partner and the person that you want to spend your time with. That's a great way to ring in the new year. In a sports perspective, the worst way to ring in the new year is to (laughs) not even see the missed field goal and listen to the Georgia fans around you celebrating in a city that, to be frank, I'm not very fond of to begin with because of some personal stuff. (laughs) So there you go. Can't even believe that's how I rang in the new year. And I texted you and I said, this is the worst way to ring in 2023. And you said to me, Oh, don't worry. I get to leave this behind in 2022. <laughs> you damn right. It was still 2022 on the West Coast. I left that stuff uh, behind. I, I this is like, a rare no. moment where I was like, oh, man, I kind of wish I was on the West Coast right now because I could have left it behind. But unfortunately, it's nice. first sports it's- experience of the year was Georgia winning in a thriller. Great way to start the season. Go Gators! Go Gators! Go Gators. 2023, the year of the Gator, <laughs> one would hopefully believe. No. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, no, it was good. To, so it was that was good my to experience with the Peach Bowl. Behind. But yes. that's fun. Yes. But you know what? We, we did have some good moments on that New Year's Eve. Not only the wedding I went to of my friends, congrats to Amanda and Colin, but congrats. our TCU Horn Frogs, the Hypnotoads, if you will, 51, so Michigan 45. I'm so hyped right that? now. I could. I'm so hyped right now. I could shoot blood out of my eyes like a horned frog. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that How was about this, this game, huh? I would live texted you basically this entire game, and if mm-hmm. you go back and read those things, they're absolutely insane. And I don't think it. It doesn't manage to like capture how I was feeling when I watched it. First of all, there needs to be no, a setting. And, and then when I there when I to, rewatched the game, be, I was like, there needs to be levels to all caps in text because like. I all caps you mm. in like the first quarter and then everything after that was all caps worthy, but I'd already gone that far. And like, there needs to be yeah. levels to this stuff. Um, continue. Yeah. You have, you have to establish a, t- a hierarchy of the caps, you know, or you, or yeah. you can, you can send it on the, you know, on your iPhone, you can send it with like emphasis. You can send it with like next, like I, invisible. I, you gotta, you gotta get you know creative. That's on me. I gotta go. I gotta go. We gotta evaluate. Gotta go back to the drawing board to take this off season to mm-hmm. figure out what we're doing. Continue back in the lab refresh some some things yeah great game man i when i rewatched this game i was like oh this is like you made it seem like it was an insane game in the text messages and i was like oh i'm ready for a hype game and i went and watched these extended highlights and went oh i was not ready for what i it's so much better than what i thought tyler was saying it's just it was talk talk me through this tyler like okay talk me Um, through this what were your experiences how did you enjoy this game uh, well, I, I, as a person who was rooting for the, for the hypnotoes, I was wearing, uh, my prize for winning the picks competition this year, which was a, uh, TCU, uh, shirt from home field apparel that, uh, not sponsored, uh, that, uh, Sergio had sent me, which I really appreciate. Part of the reason yes. I think that we want that they won, I might be wearing it Monday night. Who knows? Um, but you better be wearing it Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I better be. It's weird because I'll be at work and I don't want to. I don't want people to be like, "Oh, did you go to TCU?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> um, for, for today, for today, I did. For today, for today, I did. I did. Um, I'll lie mm-hmm. and say like, "Oh, I have family that went there, so I'm rooting for them." The family is my own self interest. Um, yeah, and- I, don't, I don't think I don't think it's very. I don't think it's going to be very acceptable for when people are like, "Oh, did you go to TCU?" And you're like, "No, actually, I hate Georgia 
And my best friend who lives out in Florida actually sent me this shirt because I won a competition and it was also a Christmas gift. But That's now I long. hate Georgia so much. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get into that. You know, just tell them, listen to the pod. Just tell them, listen to the pod. Listen to the pod. Anyway, um, from an actual analysis perspective, the, the number one thing that TCU did right in this game, and it's it's the number one thing TCU did right is that they play this game the entire time on their terms. They never trailed. Um, now, did Michigan throw a pick six to create that situation? Yes. Okay. Um, but you know who ran that pick six back? TCU. Because I saw somebody be like, this isn't really a, this isn't like a good win for TCU because, you know, Michigan had two pick sixes. So it's not like they really earned it. And I'm like, sorry, who, who picked JJ McCarthy off? Who, who ran it back for touchdowns twice? Oh yeah. It was the TCU defense. Which it's, I it's hate hilarious. that narrative of yeah. like, oh, this if this didn't happen, then this whatever. We say it all the time. We're going to beat a dead horse. Do not let the referees do not put the game in the hands of the referees. Take care of it. You know what would have happened? You know that that potential targeting at the end of that game or um, the touchdown that wasn't a touchdown that you then fumbled on the next play. You know what would have happened? You know what wouldn't have mattered? Those things wouldn't have mattered if J.J. McCarthy didn't throw two pick sixes. Those things wouldn't have mattered if you didn't fumble at the one-yard line, Michigan. Like, yeah, there's so many things that you did wrong that you're out here trying to find the blame. That's my number one thing. Is like, as much as I don't, I'm like, yeah, that for that first touchdown pass that was called back down at the one, probably should have been a touchdown pass. Probably, you know, like I wouldn't have overturned that. But hey, Michigan, don't fumble at the one-yard line in the very next play. Don't give the ball to a guy to a fullback who up until the Ohio State week had been a linebacker. Don't, what, what are you doing? Like um, TCU said after the game that it's like when they knew uh, they knew they were going to win on the first drive, the defense did win on the first or on the second drive, I think. No, it was the first drive. They, they go into a trick play to try and score on the goal line. Michigan goes to a trick play when they're at the goal line. TCU's like, if they have to go to a trick play to, to beat us, they, they're not going to beat us. And you know what? That's fair. I mean, TCU... From a defensive standpoint, JJ McCarthy had said before the game, Michigan quarterback, that if they're going to stick in that three-three-five, we're going to run. We're going to run Big Ten power all over them. Didn't happen. Minus the one big, really long run by Donovan Edwards um, in the game, TCU locked down Michigan's run game. Now they gave up a lot of well, uh, in the passing game. They gave up a lot in the passing game. Um, but TCU played TCU's defense. We we just need to have a conversation. Not really you and I, because we believe this, but. Sports world, and I think they are having this conversation, needs to be like, oh, needs to recognize that TCU is a tough football team, an athletic football team. Joel Klatt on his show on on Fox said that we need to reevaluate the way that we rank rosters because now with the transfer portal, like the way we rank rosters is so outdated. Yes, high school recruiting is the lifeblood of, and is the majority of college programs. And that is still the way we – we do it, but the way we currently do our our roster ranking systems is entirely based off that and not based off the transfer portal at all. Because transfer portals used to be very like limited. Um very limited. The transfer in- portal used to be let let me add depth at two positions. I'll bring in these two or three grad transfers, or let me bring in this young guy who just didn't work out. He'll sit a year and then he'll make an impact the year after. It's very different now. Because of the portal, because of the roster overhaul, you're right. We need to find a new way to properly well, evaluate um, current current rosters. Not necessarily like the the strength of the whole roster, but like who is playing this season. 
because when you're facing TCU, it does not matter who your five stars are in 2025. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that's the thing. It's like Michigan. Michigan is got to kind of have a better roster probably next year and the year after that. But TCU one was evaluated well by Gary Patterson. Like it wasn't working while he was coaching the last couple of years, but he has always been able to get talent and speed into that that system. That's not new. But they filled a lot of holes with the transfer portal this last season with Sonny Dykes. And those players are impact players that are starting on their team. And they are a good team today. And like like you said earlier, I also wanted to touch on, like, I also hate the whole, like, if they played 10 times, Michigan probably wins seven, eight or nine of them. It's like, okay, yeah, but they didn't play 10 times. They played one time. And the one time, TCU won. And credit to this is that I was really worried going into the game after you know the pick six, the pick six and everything, and TCU gets a, a touchdown lead, another touchdown on top of it. The thing I was worried about the most with TCU is that I was like, Michigan's going to keep climbing, is going to keep cut, scratching back. Can TCU stay ahead? And they proved that they could do it. And they didn't actually offensively. TCU played kind of an average game for them. They they turned the ball over a couple times. Max had through two picks that neither of which I thought were his fault. Um, bad bounces but there was a fumble on top of that they didn't you know they they got stopped a couple times and max second had a kind of like from a statistical perspective he wasn't that great he had a couple big throws um the big thing is that like michigan decided to just start blitzing and, and like we're gonna we're gonna get to max duggan and max duggan was in a very Stetson Bennett way. It was like, I'm going to be a gamer. I'm not going to be going very high in the NFL draft, but I understand this offense. I understand how to get the playmakers. Slides out to the little bit to the right, hits Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson takes it for 76-yard touchdown. Like, it's – I don't know if it to me – I texted this to you. I don't know if it to me is encouraging for next week that TCU scored 51 points while not even really playing their best game offensively. Um or if it's discouraging because, you know, they're going up against a better defense. <laughs> um, but I was very worried. It was like, oh, this had the feeling of a team that jumps out to an early lead, but eventually Michigan's defense is going to lock it down. And TCU, for their credit, adjusted. They have, they're incredibly tough. They, they ran for more yards than Michigan, which is crazy. Um, and even when Max Duggan was not having a great statistical game with a lot of mistakes, he's still making the big moments, the big throws, leading his team. Uh, this is just a special run for TCU. College football at the playoff level is not is not um, designed to handle Cinderella stories, and this is kind of a Cinderella story. I mean, just insane. This is game. this is definitely the closest game. we've gotten. Yeah, this is the closest we've gotten to Cinderella story, um, and especially the turnaround. Right, winning four games last year, you've now won twelve games. You're in the playoff. Um, it sucks that, you know, unless they win the Natty, they're not going to have a championship to show for it because of no. the loss to Kansas state in the, in the big 12 title game, but I'm sorry, 13, 13 wins. Cause they went 12 and 0, 13 wins now, but you know what I mean? But closest thing to Cinderella we have for sure. I agree with all of what you said. I think that, um, I think it's going to make the national title game interesting in terms of storylines. I do want to quickly while, while we're here on this topic, I want to mention just because th this should not be used as ammunition for see, I told you we don't need to expand the playoff because we got here in spite of the crazy situations that we've had. Like TCU is like you said, the closest thing to a Cinderella because they have had to go get over all of those other crazy things, those hurdles that have been put their way have, that really they, they shouldn't have like to an, go through an insane one score game record. 
Mm-hmm. The, the, so but, like I looked it up. They they were six and zero. Oh. I'm sorry. They were five and one in one score games. If you flip that, they're a 500 team and they're playing in the Alamo Bowl. Like, not you know even. what I mean? They're, it's not even but, yeah. not even the Alamo Bowl. It's close, you know, like it's a completely different season. The perception of TCU, the perception of the Big 12, a Big 12 team won a playoff game, not named Oklahoma, guys. Like, or Texas. This is, this is the significance. Well, Texas has to make Texas it. Texas has to playoff. My oh! point is, like, it's the first Big 12 mm-hmm. win in the playoff era. That's crazy. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. So, all of these things, they had to do that in spite of that. The 12 team playoff is just going to give us more excitement. You know why? Because in a 12 team playoff, Instead of Kansas State going up against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, they might have to replay TCU. And who doesn't want to see that game again? You know what I mean? Who doesn't want to see TCU play an LSU team that, you know, probably gets in on a on a bid going in, in in a new in um or have LSU go to that TCU team? You know what I mean? Like so many great outcomes, so many different matchups that you can have. And like you said, the people saying, oh, out of every 10 games, you know, Michigan wins that game seven or eight times. Well, they didn't win it this time. And that's what makes it fun. The fact that it's yeah. you play the games on the field. You don't play them in a boardroom in a hotel in tech, in Dallas. See, that's my opinion. That's, that's my take. I'm with that 100% because ultimately I think my um, big thing for what I – how do I say this? Uh, a lot of people say is like, does, does this 12-team playoff really help you actually find the true national champion? And it's like – probably not much better because like honestly the best way to find a national champion is probably probably just to i mean either vote on it or do do the bcs era but what i do think is that it gets a better playoff game atmosphere i mean like you have more opportunities for for better playoff games for more exciting matchups for again more lower level teams to hang up a playoff win in their in their stadium to to like i don't know i we are we're we're fans i I completely agree with you here because because even though, you know, um, it doesn't mean Colorado is really any closer to winning a national championship, really, because they don't think that they can make all those <laughs> games. It is nice to be able to, like, allow them in. Um, I do think people yeah. pointed out that, like, I do like that the top six conference champions get an automatic bid. I'm beginning to cool off on that the top four get a bye because that would mean that, like, Clemson gets a bye, you know, and they're really not like a top six team. Well, I, I think, I think in but that situation, they, I still, I still think that they, they get an automatic bid. Like, um, yeah, I, I think a, I love the top six conferences get an automatic bid because it puts an importance on winning your conference. You can guarantee you're in yes. with that, right? At least the top conferences. Right. But I also think that I, there's, if there's gonna have to be a fourth team, it's like with this 14 playoff era, someone has to be the fourth team, you know, someone eventually is going to have to be the 12th team to make the playoff. Someone's going to yeah. have to have the last buy. It's like, it's the situation with uh, hosting a home playoff game in the NFL. So, right. If you win your division, that's the prize. That's incentivizing winning your division. You win your division, you get a home playoff game. There's going to be a worse of those four always. You know what I mean? Yeah. In that situation. I, I'm, I'm but, a fan but of I also, I think right now. Yeah, as am I, right? Oh, come on, lifelong. Yeah, 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 um, yeah Duval. One, um, but like one of the things, like you mentioned, was about how, like, yeah, this is going to give us better games, you know, better, better atmospheres for those playoff games. Because it's Tyler, it's the fans, the tradition, the glory. The There's nothing more thrilling than college football, and it all comes down to the national championship game happening on Monday. And my go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one <laughs> of America's top-rated so sportsbook that. apps. 
listen, uh, I got you. I got you right, you got right me. there. I, I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil our picks for the Natty because that will be coming soon. Um, but I will say, whoever you decide, listener, or you, Tyler, um, to win the national championship game, uh, you can bet on that team on DraftKings Sportsbooks. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. And that's $200 in free bets all over the site. If you're like me, if you're a big hockey person, if you're a big basketball person, any other sport that's not college football, my first love, my true love, my spouse, then you can go ahead and you can bet on those games with the $200 in free bets that you get. The All-Star game for the NHL is coming up in a month. I will be going to that game. It is here down the street. You know, bet on the college football game, take the team that I want to win, maybe bet on the spread, throw $5, get those $200 in free bets to bet on the All-Star game. We got this NFL playoffs are coming up. You can bet on those games as well. Everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings same game parlays. You can go ahead and combine different things inside of the app and it'll give you boosted odds, making the game a bit more fun for you to watch. Uh, You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. New customers bet just $5 on college football. Get $200 in free bets instantly. Win or lose. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. You can see the show notes for details. How was that, Tyler? That was good. I just watched you live your best Thank life. You. Um, Thank you. That That is uh, quickly become my favorite part of doing this podcast is finding an avenue of how to get the ad read in. I love it. I'm so happy. Without just me seeing it coming, you. I, I fully didn't see that. I thought you were transitioning. To you were trying to interrupt me Natty. and I kept I going. Know. I kept going just because I was like, I ha- I legally have to read this section <laughs> word for word. <laughs> so oh good. my god, it's so good. Uh, yeah, thank but, you. Um, amazing. Uh, yeah. All right. So just thank you. Hey, last couple thoughts on this game. Mm-hmm. TCU uh, gonna want a playoff game. We didn't th- I picked it, but it was more of like a, I hope it happens. I didn't really fully mm-hmm. believe in it that much. Um, I don't think – I think Michigan is still right there. It's obviously – it's tough that Jim Harbaugh has lost six straight bowl games and two of them are playoff games. Last year, I don't really care about because, um, like, last year was well, – last last year they were playing Georgia. It was fine. Um, I didn't expect them to win. They were expected to win this game, and I think the big reason they didn't is that they got away from who they were, and they were in a situation they had not been in all year. They had not been trailing that hot, heavy into the fourth quarter. Like, yeah, they were trailing a little bit in the Ohio State game, but never late enough where they didn't have to be themselves, you know? And this was a tough spot for them, and I don't think they were prepared for it. I don't think Jim Harbaugh's a bad coach, obviously, I think. But I do think that TCU's coaching staff outcoached Michigan's coaching staff heavily in this game. Um, Yeah, TCU's yes. did defense. You, did you see what happened yeah. before this game in terms of the coaching staffs? No, what? Did you hear about that? So no. they were apparently – there was a thing where the festival puts on where like a few days before the game, there's like a banquet and it's all the coaches, everyone on the coaching staff and their wives or girlfriends, thinking others, whoever they want to bring. Um, and it's supposed to be like an event where, you know, you sit at the same table as your same position on the other team. So Sonny Dykes and Jim Harbaugh, were going to sit there with their wives at the same table and have like a dinner and have a discussion, you know, bringing people together, stuff like that. So the coordinators, stuff like that. Well, TCU shows up with their wives and everything. The Michigan wives show up on time. And then like 30 minutes later, Jim Harbaugh shows up 
and basically is like, yeah, you know, our, our team, you know, this isn't a vacation for us. We're out here working and, you know, our, our, our coaches are out there. Um, our, our coaches are preparing for the game and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And the TCU coaches did not like that to say the least. And I'm pretty sure the TCU players were like, Oh, we got your backs coach. So there were, that was a it's hilarious underlying. To me that that's, it's hilarious to me that that's what happened. And then TCU's coaching staff just ran circles around Michigan's coaching staff. Like um, it's amazing to me that that happened. And Jim Harbaugh thought, you know what I should do to start this game? Let's run a trick play. <laughs> like oh my God. Yeah, the I know whole... it'll catch them off guard. The most famous trick play since 2017 when it was running the Super Bowl. <laughs> I feel like that play is uh, yeah, what yeah. works less time as, as, as fails more times than not now because people just know of course that it it's does. coming because like, well if you see the if you see it going left and you see the quarterback start to go the opposite way you have a safety that's whole job is simply to be like oh i'm making sure this doesn't happen i heard you know somebody I mean? say this i think it was danny canal or 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 but elliot i'm not really sure but i fully agree with this is like you have to have a check out of that play because that play doesn't work if they're in, if they're in zone coverage if they're in man coverage, it works because no one's no one's Correct. watching it. You know, if they're in zone coverage, there's no way the quarterback is going to beat a safety on on catching it. Like, no, no, no. no. Ne- you mean, need a check out. You definitely need a check out. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but already again, Michigan made a lot of mistakes, and but I don't really want to hear. TCU earned that game. They earned it fair and square because they got a lead and they had many. Uh, Michigan stopped. They never quit. They had many chances to give it up. And uh, TCU never wavered. They were the better team that day, and they're going to get a chance to play for it in the national championship. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Let's talk about that natty real quick. See who, what we think will happen. Who's going to win? It is like we said: our Horn Frogs, our Hypno Toads, TCU, taking on Georgia in LA in your backyard um, Monday night, seven thirty Eastern. Thank the high heavens on ESPN. Um, no nine o'clock nine. So seven thirty announced. So, you know, the kickoffs can be more like seven forty-five, but it's mm. not a nine o'clock announcement, nine fifteen kickoff on a Monday night, which is just always the worst. Um, Tyler, who do you have winning this game? Why do you have them winning this game? Um, yeah. What's your take here? All right. Florida hat's been checked at the door. I'd love to sit here and tell y'all that I think TCU is going to win this game. I can't do that though. I mean, I, I, I think they have more of a shot than people are giving them credit for. Um, Cause TCU are, is they are a tough football team. They are physical. Their defense plays fast. They have speed at all levels of the field. I think Quentin Johnson is probably going to be the number one receiver taken in the NFL draft, but he's not their only good passing option that TCU has. Um, and Max, Doug, Max Duggan, didn't play well, which means he could be playing better. Georgia's defense is a little bit better than Michigan's. Georgia's offense is a little bit better than Michigan's. They are way more talented. Kirby Smart's been here before. I think TCU has the ability to keep this game tight. Um, but the only way I could see them winning it is is a, is part because they play well, but also collapsed by Georgia. Like Georgia's just being unable to move the football or just not being able to cover Quentin Johnson at all. Um, Georgia's going to have to make mistakes for them to win the game. Yeah. But that's a th- that's a and thing. That's not and, a, and, that, and that's not a discredit at TCU. No. It's just Georgia's the best team in the country. And well, it, they're, that's they're, how, you know. 
there are teams that Georgia can make a million mistakes against, and those teams still couldn't beat Georgia for how because of how good Georgia is and how talented they are. TCU's Ohio and, State being being one of them. TCU has is, is gotten in a position and where it's like Georgia can make mistakes, and TCU is the type of team that could make them pay for it. But they they got to make they got to force Georgia to make those mistakes. They got they got to make some turnovers on defense. Quentin Johnson's going to get shattered like Marvin Harrison Jr. was. Can Max Duggan escape pressure and find other options the way that CJ Stroud did? Because Max Duggan has had it in his game that he escapes pressure and he's mobile more than CJ Stroud has. CJ Stroud's always been athletic, but CJ Stroud doesn't use that athleticism much until lately. Max Duggan's always used his athleticism. Yeah. Can he use that? Can TCU's offensive line hold up? I don't know. And, I'm and gonna... can his athleticism can his athleticism be as effective against a defensive front like Georgia's instead of let's be this is this is where and you know I hate doing the whole SEC stuff, but um this is where this is where it shows. This is in the trenches of this game right here. And it's not so much that I don't think that the offensive line can handle it. It's if Max Duggan is running a bootleg, he has a much better chance of beating the defensive end to the to the corner to turn up field and gain five or six yards against Kansas State, against Baylor, against Oklahoma, against those big 12 teams. It's a different story when it's a, a future first rounder that Georgia has built in a lab essentially and put on the edge there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's going to be that's where the difference is going to show. Um, but even then, it's not that's not even like SEC versus um, Big Twelve in that sense. I mean, it is to a, to an extent, but this is it's really Georgia. just Georgia. Yeah, this is like even Georgia. in the SEC, like yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. Um, They're a good team. They're a really good defensive front, man. And you know, Setson Bennett is playing well. He started he started playing bad the first. He he didn't play well for the first part of the the Ohio State game, but he got back together. That's the thing is that he, he if that's the tough part. Even if TCU can keep it close for four quarters. Why would I not trust Stetson Bennett and Georgia to put it together at the end? They keep doing it, like, and it's thing that was that was such a thing in the old in the old Georgia, the pre Stetson Bennett Georgia, where like if you could get Georgia into a close game in the fourth quarter, you know, I don't mean to disparage his name, but like Jake Fromm couldn't really do that for you. He couldn't really get you a game winning drive, like, or he never had to, and the couple times he did, he just couldn't do it. Stetson Bennett for yeah. whatever reason. He's able to get you those game-winning drives. And and the ones that he's done, it, he did it in the national championship game last year, and he did it in the semifinal this year. So can't can't say he can't do it in big games. Can't say he's not good enough for that stuff, you know? It is what it is. It is hilarious. It is I will it say it's, it's amazing that Georgia versus Georgia playing TCU. TCU was Kirby Smart's first bowl opponent. Did you know that? I did not know this. In his first season at, as head at Georgia? coach, yeah, in his first season as head coach, when the, the Jacob Eason freshman year, when they went like seven and five, they played TCU in the bowl game, and they beat them at a last second field goal. So what you're saying and is now, that Florida versus Oregon State in the 2031 national championship game? I'm cool with that. Um, <laughs> I'd love that. I would love I'm to cool see with, that happen. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, listen, I, I don't want to harp on too much and take up too yeah. much time. I, th I think what you said was spot on, and I agree with it. I am also taking Georgia. I have checked my Gators hat at the door. I do think it's a close game, though. I think that this is very much a 
obviously there's no moral victories, especially the national championship game. But I, I said on tailgaters, the, uh, you know, my friend Kevin Borba's podcast that I'm on, he, I pick, he made me pick and give a score. And I think mine was 24 to 20. I think it's, I think it's close. I think it's low scoring. I think it's a fun game and we go, wow, TCU can hang. But I think Georgia's talent prevails, and I think that they – sorry, I had to hold some vomit. I think they win two straight national championships. Had to – it's, it's hey, difficult hey, to hey, get hey. through that. I know. I know. I'm with difficult you here. Difficult to get I'm, through hey, Look at me. Breathe. Okay. Breathe. All right. uh, into the nose. Yeah, I'm there. The Listen, what, um, what we can do is we can shift gears and talk about the bowl season is what we can do, Tyler, to make ourselves feel better while we got yeah, some time left so here. Yeah, much better for us. <laughs> listen capital one bowl mania our bowl mania group the sideline judgment a group of 17 thank you so much to all of you who, who were there shout out to my friend matt glasheen who will not listen to this podcast because don't think he knows what a podcast is the most off the grid person on earth doesn't have any social media the only thing he has is snapchat and it's the sole reason i haven't deleted it because i don't use that app but he will send me snaps multiple times a week that is matt he still has an iPhone like seven, just the most off the grid person on earth. Who he created an account. My buddy Matt created an account, Tyler, and then forgot to make the picks. So technically, ah. he's perfect because oh. he hasn't made a. He's zero and zero. He hasn't made a single pick. But um, he thought that that's all you needed to do, and he would be like in the I don't know whatever. Love you, Matt. He, he's not gonna listen to this. He what? doesn't know what to do. anyway. Love my boy. Love my boy, Matt. But of the 16 of us who created uh, accounts and stuff in the lead with a comfortable lead and in the in the 97.9 percentile of all picks, friend of the pod, Ryan Urquhart, is in first place. It's looking like he's going to be on the pod in the offseason. And uh, listen, if I could have handpicked anyone from this group of uh, people, there were a lot of great people to choose from. We will be having my stepdad, Raul, will come on. We owe him an episode from last year. We owe Alexa an episode, my girlfriend, from last season. They were the co-champions. Um, it would have been fun to have had um, a poor investment portfolio Bucks fan, Tyler Renfro, on. That would have been fun to have. would have been fun to have a whole lot of our friends on. But I think it will be a very fun conversation with friend of the pod, Ryan Urquhart. Uh, he is a broadcaster. Um, he does a lot of USF softball and volleyball things for espn over in the tampa area really great voice just silky smooth you're gonna love having him on guys well let's see if he can hold on to that lead my sister ariana who is 12 years old is in second place with 250 points she's two games behind ryan so i think ryan's got it in the bag but uh you never know if he he messes he misses she gets it right the tiebreaker i don't know what happens um, but we we can be preparing for Ryan or Cart, friend of the pod, to come yeah. on. I just love um, that your your little sister's name is uh, I'm a win, just FYI, and she almost did. Yeah. It. Um. I think I think if she would have won, I told her she was like, "Can I just spill the tea on people?" And I was like, "Sure, sure, Ariana, you could spill the tea on people." <laughs> like, but what I, I would have loved. People? I would have. <laughs> I don't teeny but teeny boppers, as Alexa and I call them. But I would have loved to have like asked her and been like, all right, cool. We are in our mid to late 20s. You're 12. Explain to us like 
what the kids are doing nowadays. You know what yeah. I mean? Would have been like what a, are the kids up to these days? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard the, the little children are out there playing with their talkie ticks. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, so that's the bull. That's the bull pickup update. Um, Tyler, let's talk about the actual bowl games though. Let's go rapid fire. We're gonna go quickly. We're gonna go in order. Uh, we're not gonna discuss what we got on who we picked on those games, but just if you want to talk about it, we'll stop and we'll talk about it. If just not, we'll know. just keep it pushing. You just know. Uh huh. Sergio did better than me this this bowl pickup season. Um, I did do I'll better than Tyler. I'll put yes. it out there. I didn't. I didn't do good enough to be able to put it in my Twitter bio this year, but I did do better. I did not win the pool, so. Um, all right, cool. UTSA, uh, Troy 18, UTSA 12 in the cure bowl. Nothing good. Keep nah. moving. I will say uh, I de- this Troy defense was fun to watch. It's like Troy's defense was for real. Yeah. Well, I knew they were for real, but like, it was just cool to watch them for a full game. I was like, Oh wow. Okay, cool. This is cool. Anyway, UAB beat uh, Miami of Ohio in the Bahamas bowl 24 to 20. We don't need to talk about the Oregon State demolishing of Florida, uh, thirty to three. But points were scored. The streak lives. Four hundred thirty-six and counting. There you go, baby. Louisville beat Cincinnati twenty-four to seven in the. No, you have Scott Satterfield. No, no, you have Scott Satterfield. No, 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 you have Scott Satterfield. Bowl. That's what I like to call it. Um, nothing much there. This game was pretty a dud. Two teams, interim coaches, whatever is what it is. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, LA Bowl, Fresno State 29, Washington State 6. Um, so I this kind of went how me. I expected it to go. It's actually really, I went how I, well, if you go back, I, I think I said I liked Fresno State in this game. I wanted to, I thought, you know, after the performance against um, Boise State in their conference title game, I thought it went well. Yeah. Lending Tree Bowl, Southern Miss 38, Rice 24. I think like Frank Gore Jr. went for like 300 yards in this game, some insanity. Uh, Some 21 crazy carries, 21 carries 329 yards, two touchdowns. Look at that. Attaboy. He, he did it against a five and seven more, team. He had more rushing yards than some teams have total yards on a, on a given day. Like, Oof. look at him. Attaboy. Uh, BYU 24, SMU 23. Close game. Exciting game. That was the New Mexico Bowl. Um, aforementioned Boise State 35, North Texas 32. In a game where Seth Luttrell was fired before the bowl game, um, interim staff, Boise really needed to pull this one out. Hey, like the Boise, the Boise brand has taken a hit in these past few years. Taking a real hit. Taking a big uh, hit. Also, uh, North Texas with the with the very rare uh, seven and seven record. Look at that! Oh yeah, that's right because they went they went extremely difficult record to get. They went. Oh. They went because they, they went seven. They and, finished seven and five. They lost their championship lost game. Lost the conference title and game. They and then lost, lost the bowl, bowl game. game. There you go. Extremely yeah, difficult well, record very to accomplish. Rare. Yeah, that's a very Miami Dolphins thing to do. Find a way to go 500. Anyway, <laughs> Marshall 28, UConn 14 in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. This was fun while it lasted. Um, we picked UConn because, like, when else are we going to pick UConn in a bowl game? But yeah, so I mean, glad like, they could go to a bowl. That's my thoughts on that. Eastern Michigan 41, San Jose State 27, the Idaho Potato Bowl. Um, Toledo 21, Liberty 19, doing the Lord's work in Boca Raton, <laughs> or maybe not doing the Lord's you, work. Are, are, you, are you sure about it? I mean, I mean, Old Testament, New Testament, <laughs> which my Lord's work? 
yeah, yeah, George, just, our Lord's yeah, exactly. work. Maybe not their Lord's exactly. work. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we have a different it is idea. Funny, of, it is funny that Liberty was defeated by. Yeah, it was. It was funny that Liberty was defeated by a team that was called the Rockets. Um, you know, the spacecraft. Um, <laughs> science. Uh, the the Big Bang. Anyway, Western Kentucky forty four, South Alabama twenty three in the New Orleans Bowl. That was that was a weird one. That was like never. It was Look. never a game. It was ne- although like South Alabama was like the favorite going in. I remember that, and then Western Kentucky was like, yeah, no, I'm, we're just gonna win this game. And I'm did. happy that at least um, at least some Western Kentucky quarterbacks are having a good year. And that at least uh, let me just double check. <laughs> at least that this this so far has been the only Jaguars team to let me down this year. Um, wow! Look at this, Atta boy. Big game on Saturday. Big Air game Force on Thirty Saturday night. Baylor. Oh. <laughs> Air Force you, you, Thirty you Baylor Fifteen. I just I need a second. You keep going. Oh. Armed Forces Bowl. So when how you expected? Louisiana uh, Houston twenty three Louisiana sixteen in the Independence Bowl. Wake Forest 27, Missouri 17 in the Gasparilla Bowl. Um, Middle Tennessee State 25, San Diego State 23 in the Hawaii Bowl. New Mexico State 24, Bowling Green 19 in the Quick Lane Bowl. Shout out to New Mexico State. When did we think we were going to be in a bowl, let alone win a bowl game? Well done. 500, seven wins on the season. Best, best Aggies team. Best, better than Texas A&M. The, they are, can confirm they were the best Aggies team better, in the country best, this year. Can Aggies confirm year. that one. Yes, sir. Uh, all right, we're getting into some better bowl games now. Buffalo 23, Georgia Southern 21 in the Camellia Bowl. Memphis 38, Utah State 10 in the First Responders Bowl. Eastern Carolina 53, Coastal 29 in the Birmingham Bowl. This game was such a drubbing that Grayson McCall Surprising. said, I think I have to just come back because nobody wants to pick me up anymore. <laughs> That's the thing. He was like, I was like, I got to finish what we started. And then they put that out on the field. It's like, oh, boy. Really? Oh, That's how you finish? Okay. Guess not. Uh, Wisconsin 24, Oklahoma State 17 in the guaranteed rate bowl. Did Luke Fickle coach in this game? So I was confused, too, because he was wearing a headset. But I don't think he was coaching. But, like, they shouldn't have allowed He he was just on there listening? I guess. Maybe he was evaluating. That's so weird. That's so weird, man. I don't know. I don't know. Coach, well, f- football coaches alas. are weird, man. They are. They're, they're a specific breed. Duke 30, UCF 13. This was a good game until the fourth quarter, and then Duke kind of took it away. Yeah. Um, Oregon 28, North Carolina 27 in the Holiday Bowl. This was a good game, full stop. This was a good game. I watched this game on a plane. Uh, it actually it heightened the experience to me um really i don't know how to i don't know how to explain it like um i was having a great time <laughs> this uh, is a good game um bo nicks man We're, we we are going to dedicate an off-season episode to should we do we have to retire good bo nicks bad bo nicks and is it just capable bo nicks like i think i think he's settled into who he is at oregon it's solid thankfully he comes back for another season he comes back from the scenes so we can see it. We can see the fruits of our labor, you know. Yeah, we'll get we'll get a so, good game there. I think that's good for him too. I think I think I think it'd be good for him to come back. Me too. Me too. Arkansas fifty-five, Kansas fifty-three in triple overtime. Arkansas out here almost blew this game, almost made it a fun endeavor for us Kansas Jayhawks fans, moonlighting as J- Kansas Jayhawk fans. 
what a game just an incredible incredible game this was this was peak like the week between christmas and new year's i have nothing to do oh look a game is on and it turned out to just be one of the coolest games that you've seen in a while that's what this was yeah this was um it's funny because arkansas was so dominant early i even saw people start Very. getting off the tweets of like uh oh this is why the difference between the art the big 12 the big 10 yeah big 12 and the sec the difference and then kansas state stormed right back in the second half and this was tight and ultimately i have questions about the play call at the end of the game for kansas um yeah so do i take so taking I. it out of jalen daniels hands Not, i don't know if i agree with that but, one but also but also you're in like triple overtime on you're in two point conversion era of overtime so it's, it's literally one play um, it's one play so so i, get it. I mean I get like it. It's I don't know. I don't know. You're kind of reaching to the bottom well, of the barrel there, but I get it's it. It's the end of the season, like oh triple OT, like all right, whatever. Anyway. It is just tough game. for a backup it is just tough for Jason Beeb to come in and his one play that game was that he missed a guy um and that yes, lost him the game. Exactly. Like that's gotta be tough exactly. on a player psyche. Yeah. But alas, good game. Um last game of Last game of that day, Texas Tech 42, Ole Miss 25. This was another good game. This was a great uniform game. This was a great uniform Definitely. game. Ole Miss wore those powder blues. Texas Tech was in the reds. Really cool to see. Um, I like what's going on in Texas Tech. It's it's a good time in Lubbock right now. They're they're building Me something. Too. Being they're like UTSA, but on stair, but at the power five level, and obviously not working as good relative to the competition, but like they're taking care of Texas. They're taking care of Texas. Smart idea for mm-hmm. them. They're solid. They're solid. Um, and probably, uh, Ole Miss, probably Ole the Miss best game that I saw. Year. <laughs> yeah, I think Lane Kiffin wants you to forget the year. Um, the, in, in the best game that I saw start to finish, FSU 35, Oklahoma 32. This is a really good game. Really good game. I saw it with Diego here. Fun game to watch, man. Really, really good time. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is with the result. FSU 10 wins. FSU 10 wins. We're going to have to have that conversation in the offseason too. We might have to do like a let's look at Florida's rivals situation and FSU, good program, doing well. Patience is paying off. Nice to see them back yeah. competent at the very least. You know, 10 wins. We'll see how they do next year. See if they compete for well, given how Clemson's doing. A bit better too. Yes. Yes. They did look better, especially um, in the balance between offense and defense. They, they definitely look yeah. much better. Um, yeah, just but, Florida but, State uh, woke up you're, feeling the cheesiest right. on that day. They woke up feeling cheesiest, mm-hmm. coach. Um, yeah, did. you're very right. Uh, uh, based off how Clemson's looking, we're going to have to have a conversation in the offseason. We'll have a second. We'll get to them in a minute. Washington beat Texas in the Alamo Bowl 27-20. to 20. Good performance all around. This was a fun thing. I think the most notable thing to come from this game was the um, Steve Sarkeesian yelling at a staffer for touching him and holding him back, which – Honestly, I kept thinking I watched it so many times because it's super short and it was on a loop. But I kept thinking, like, if Steve Sarkeesian was to yell at me in the face like that, I think my natural reaction would be to laugh and be like, are you serious right now? Like, really? Yeah. He's really? not a very intimidating figure. Okay. Um, no. I mean, no, credit, sorry. credit to that I'm, guy. He was he, he just stood there. Was just he like, kept his own. No, he, he, he get get back. And like, he and he didn't. And he definitely in the video was like, listen, coach, you just have to stay back. Like he was like, whatever. Um, and the bad boy mowers pinstripe bowl, uh, Minnesota 28, Syracuse 20. I didn't see a single second of this game. All I did was watch the highlights. I caught a little bit of each game. This was a, nope. 
moving on. The, the Orange Bowl, the most orange of Orange Bowls, Tennessee 31, Clemson 14. I saw this game. I saw the second half of this game at a nightclub in Charleston. So there are a lot of Clemson people there. They didn't leave too happy. Let's just put a pin in it and say we're going to have the Dabo Sweeney Clemson conversation in the offseason. Yeah. We are going to start a dialogue is what we're going to do. Yes. Um, I will say mm-hmm. Tennessee, a special season for Tennessee. And mm-hmm. Very. I mean, it, good for them. It, Joe, Joe Milton has the ability to run that system. We'll see if he can do it to the level of Hendon Hooker, um, who mm-hmm. again – you know, we, we've talked about it extensively on this podcast, the Josh Heupel, that we're not huge believers in Josh Heupel because of his track record. But, I mean, if if he can keep the thing, I think this run was so predicated on the players that he had. This game is fine. Yeah. You've got to have the right players to execute it. Um, well, and I, also, I also think like we need to give him credit in that. terms of quarterback. We yeah. need to give him credit in terms of quarterback because Hendon Hooker and Joe Milton were not like hot commodities on the transfer market. They were not like... They got there and it was like, okay, we'll see what happens. And then Hendon Hooker became Hendon Hooker. And Joe Milton looked very capable in this game and looked very good. Well, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, how he does next year to see what that rep is like. So step in the right direction for Tennessee. Pittsburgh 37, UCLA 35 in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I saw a tweet that's <laughs> um, I saw something that said like, oh, Jordan Addison left LA, um, left LA just to uh just to lose uh to, to closely beat ucla if he wanted to do that he could have just stayed at pittsburgh <laughs> uh, it's pretty good yeah it's pretty yeah. good yeah uh pitt pit got nine wins pretty impressive the pit i'm telling you the pit factor is real the pit principle man they will do anything at any time to anyone and it ended up with nine wins this season i guess it does also show i think i think we needed to see how good pittsburgh was top to bottom at the end of the season, because they did have that close game against Tennessee and where they lost in overtime at home. And we were like the whole season getting on Tennessee being like, wow, you went to overtime against Pitt. But yeah, the season Pitt's got nine wins. Pitt, like you said, had a better season than expected. I think we need to give them more yep. credit than we gave them throughout the year. Very true. Um, Notre Dame beat South Carolina 45 to 38 in the tax slayer Gator Bowl in a fun performance for both teams. Um, good showing for South Carolina. Beamer's really kind of putting it together down there. Um, I know they lost, but and then Marcus Freeman, great way to end the year. Back half of yeah. the year, I think they won nine games, nine and four. They won nine games, nine and four. Good in terms of progress, on track. Maryland beat NC State sixteen to twelve in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Did you see the the Mayo dumping? I did, I did. Okay, I'm just glad you saw that because I did it, and I wanted to I share. That's the only thing I really cared That's about. Um, yeah. <laughs> I heard I really this game was good. Was but gonna I, win this game. Yeah. I, I to be honest, I did not watch this. Like, um, no. Listen, and I and I heard this. The next game was good, but I refused to watch it on Redacted's website. So, Ohio thirty, Wyoming twenty seven in overtime. I'm sure it was a good game in the Redacted Arizona Bowl, but did not watch it because I will not watch it on that website. Uh, we talked about the two semifinal games. Alabama demolished Kansas State forty five to twenty in the Sugar Bowl, but we had a good. 45 minutes of yes the deuce von run we were like yes and then can't say took a 10-0 lead i was like oh it's happening it's happening and then bryce young was just like and then it did not happen Uh, he needed to make Mm -hmm. he needed to make room for it for all the money in his wallet he's gonna make as the number one pick um exactly i genuinely had a just just little side thing i genuinely 
genuinely debated in my head, should the Jaguars lose that last game to the Texans to get them to win? So that they don't get one more more game. They don't get the number one pick. It goes to Chicago. Chicago can trade it away. They don't get Bryce Young. Was that, was that the game? Well, hold on. Was that the game that you could have lost that like, it didn't matter what the result was. You were still going to win. Yeah. Oh, I would have, I would have thrown the game. Well, the only reason is that um, if if we won, there's like a slim chance that we could still be alive for a wild card if we like won at, if if we lost the Tennessee game based off other right. factors. So and mm-hmm. and the team the team was hot and you don't want to and so we, we they ended up winning thirty one. I to do 30. get that. So like, I, yeah. And if you want to play the, the second half, like if you want to win the Titans game, you need to keep you need to keep the momentum up. But like, yes, there's a small part of me, I, and I wasn't the only one who thought it. Some people I talked to was like okay, but like, is this win as great as it might feel worth it? You know, um, now yeah, they play the, they play the, they play the Colts this that. weekend. So they might, they might get that win anyway. Um, <laughs> let's hope for your sake. Uh, Iowa 21, Kentucky to zero, zero in the music city bowl. Never, never change Iowa. Just, I cannot believe this is what happened. 14 of the 21 mm-hmm. points total scored in this game were pick sixes that Iowa returned for touchdowns. 66.66% of all points scored in this game were defensive touchdowns. Yes, they were. And 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 Kentucky got shut out, which and they did. But, I mean, Will Will Levis didn't play, and all this stuff, and mm-hmm. you know their offense was already, you know, not good when Will Levis was in it. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, is 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 what it is. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Um, we're gonna have to see this Iowa offense again next year, aren't we? Oh boy. Penn State thirty five, Utah twenty one in the Rose Bowl. I was reading. This is the last like traditional Rose Bowl, like Pac twelve champion versus or Pac-12 versus Big Ten, um, because next year it's uh, the Rose Bowl's a playoff game. And then after that, we go in the 12-team playoff. So I'm sure from there on, they're going to have, they're going to be involved, whether it's a quarterfinal or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that so. that, that that sucks, but also it's not like, yeah, it's not the same as the Rose Bowl's not going to be like. I also think the Rose Bowl hasn't been the Rose Bowl since like the 80s. I like, agree. It's been a long time since it's like get you need to get the over best, yourself. The best Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl you know? game was between a Big Twelve team and, a, and an SEC team. Um, Literally, it's an amazing venue, but I, I don't really care about the uh, the second best one was USC versus Penn State with Sam Darnold, Trace McSorley years. That was a like, that was a fun game. That's true, but I do think again, they should keep it. I do think they should keep about, the kickoff time the same. Yeah, I, and, I like that. And you know, if in the future we can get it to be a traditional opponents in as part of the playoff. I'm all for that. I'm all for them being like, yeah, no, we're only we're putting these this matchup in this game simply so it can be traditional. I get it. That's great. But the Rose Bowl, the stadium, the venue, the time, the place are all still going to be there. It's just and if anything, we make it better teams playing games in it. So I don't I'm not really I'm okay with it. And I say, as a Florida same, fan, same I've always wanted my team to play in the Rose Bowl. And now I'm sitting there. It's just like, yeah, but we never. For, for, yeah. For a long time, it was a matter of, oh, so not only do we have to make the playoff, but we have to, like, make it in a year where the Rose Bowl is, like, a playoff game. 
and like mm-hmm. have to be in a situation where we have to go that far, which means we're probably going to be a lower yeah. seed because it's the furthest bowl game that we could get away from us. Like and right, right. So basically, I had ruled it out, and it, now it's a possibility. Yeah. If the Gators ever make are playing in the Rose Bowl, we're going. We're going. Not only because you live there, but like that's one of those like gotta go. You know? I might, I'll, I might I'll go, go out my, there. I might buy tickets to the Rose Bowl for next year, just now, not even knowing the teams, just so that I can go. Well, it's a playoff game next year. I know. That's, so you I, might, be, I might just do it. I might just do it now, like yeah, not even yeah. knowing what the teams are. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, Tulane forty six, USC forty five, and the Cotton Bowl. Uh, USC was up forty five to thirty with four and a half minutes left in this game. And they lost in regulation. Look, I believe wholeheartedly that Lincoln Riley is one of the best coaches in the country. Mm-hmm. My guy, you got to start winning some of these games. Um, my, my guy, you, you need a defensive coordinator that can actually do his job. You got to start winning some of these games, man. Yeah, And yeah, yeah, part of that is the defense. Also, don't take a safety in the end zone when you're. Yeah, maybe like, don't do that. Like, Very true. What the heck? Don't go like have your offensive line do something other than like let the Tulane defensive tackle just stop you guys. Like, as you yep. said, you sent it to me. Uh, one of the Tulane players said, I think one of maybe the hardest quotes I've ever seen after a bowl game, which was that uh, they knew he was Tulane, but they didn't know he was Louisiana. Um, that's that incredible. is incredible. It is such a good quote. <laughs> I, 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 I'm flabbergasted, honestly. Um, that's one of the hardest things I've ever heard in my life. Oh, I just want I want to play some boozy badass and eat some gumbo. <laughs> oh, it's just so good. So good. <laughs> I want a po' boy. I want a strip po' boy right now. I want now. a po' boy. Um, G5 Supremacy. Love to see it. And we love to see it. it's not one of the teams going to the Big 12 either. Like, Ugh, And what a uniform game. What a, what, what a uniform, oh, what a uniform game, game too. Beautiful. The last thing I'll say about this, my brother, um, you know, Alex, he's very familiar with Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley as an Oklahoma person. He said that he said, oh, because the Grinch stole Christmas again. I went, what? He goes, oh, you never heard that? I go, no. He goes, yeah, in Oklahoma, every time that Alex, you know, the defense would come up short in a bowl game or playoff game, like a a big postseason game that mattered, we would say, oh, yeah, it's because the Grinch stole Christmas because of Alex Grinch. That's pretty amazing. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. I was Um, genius. I was like, I loved it. Uh, LSU 63, Purdue 7. That was a game. I have no take. Mrs. No take. I did see uh, – so I didn't watch this game because I, that was a travel day for me. So the, the football I did watch, I had to be specific with, and it was – I saw most of like the fourth quarter of the Tulane-USC game. So I didn't get a chance to watch, but I did on like a side screen see that like there was a long injury. Like I, I don't know who it was, but someone got super hurt. So I hope everything's okay on that. I don't know if it's me an too. LSU player, a Purdue player, but one of those like the game stops. Unfortunately, what we just saw – Hamlin and stuff, but not as serious in terms of health. But I hope whoever that was was okay. I don't know who it was, but just well wishes to whoever that was. Hope you're all right. Um, the Natty is on Monday, and we end with the Relia Quest Bowl, where Mississippi State wins 19 to 10. Um, did you see Will Rogers on the sideline as the game was coming to a close? Have you seen that that yeah. clip? He's like he's like on a knee and he is very clearly holding himself together. Um, he was with Coach um, Leach the entire time. He was his fir- the first quarterback that Leach picked at Mississippi State 
was Will Rogers. And he's probably going to finish when he's probably going to leave after next year, the career leader as quarter in so many stats. So many at Mississippi state. And yeah, the helmets were really cool. It was a pirate flag um, with ML in um They played at the buck stadium that has a literal pirate ship in it. Like just so many vibes and, and you know, it's a way to do it. And also just at the end and like a throw at the end, the lateral stuff, um, all time bad beat for people who took Illinois plus three and a half. Cause you know, it was, it ended up going, there was like a mini brawl at the end, not a brawl, but like a little fight at the end of the game too. Like just everything that was crazy could have happened. And it was just the, the best way to send off Mike Leach in my opinion. Agreed. And uh, so, I'm very glad that Mississippi State got this win, one, and that it was mm-hmm. in the way that they did it, like that it was a close game. Um, yeah. That's going to be something that this is why we, we love college football, the stories and the the moments and the games themselves, not not being able to say you're a national champion or anything like that, but these games with these players where it mattered so much to them. And like Will Rogers is saying in the post-game interview when they're asking him, like, what do you think Mike Leach would be thinking right now? He says, like, well, they probably wouldn't be too happy with me. I threw two picks, like, um, and things like that, and how you could see how this this team came together to win one for their coach. Um, I don't know, just beautiful stuff like that, and I'm glad we got that. Me too, me too, and I'm happy for them that they were able to get. That. It was kind of like a football closure, is what it looked like from an outsider's perspective. So, hope yep. happy for them. Um, Tyler, that's it for us today. That's it for us with bowl season. There's one game left, my friend. One game until the long, dark winter of the offseason with no football to um, to watch. TCU, Georgia, 7.30 Eastern, ESPN, Monday night. Go ahead and watch that game. We will be talking about that game next week. And then the following week, we have some offseason content. We may yes, not sir. go every week, but we'll definitely go at least every other week in the offseason. Um, we will have all kinds of shows. Uh, the winner of the bowl pool expected to be Ryan Urquhart. He will be coming on at some point to have his episode. Um, my stepdad, Raul, will be coming on to have his makeup episode. I know his his topic is, expand, is um, basically like college football reform, and he has a whole thing prepared. So oh, I'm I very wait. excited for that episode. Um, Alexa will be coming on. This is the one at some point, and she'll be she'll be coming on after the Alexa one. Yeah, because she's gonna come at me, and I I deserve it. Look. Oh, for the UCF stuff, that's kind of funny. I I don't I don't know what she's thinking of 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 doing of thinking of talking, Um, but I do know she is taking the bar exam in February, so it will not be till March at the earliest on that one. And then we got plenty of off season content to give you guys uh in the off season i'm gonna be honest with you listeners tyler just froze right here at the end so i think i'm just gonna sign us off right here we'll be back on monday to talk about i'm sorry we'll be back next week to talk about the national championship game that is taking place on monday um as always we are brought to you uh via the pigskin podcast network and DraftKings sportsbook as our sponsor you can use code tppn to get up to $200 in free bets on a $5 bet, win or lose. Um, you can see the description in the show notes of that. Um, for my friend Tyler, who is frozen and is not talking, um, I am Sergio. 
this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. Tyler is frozen, but I know if he was to be not frozen, he would say, we are not biased, but go Gators. And for his sake, go Jags. Big game this Saturday. Hoping for the best. Duval! Duval!